Hey, Josh. Hey, Nate. How are you doing this week? I'm doing fantastic. I just got back from a whole week of being offline, and I feel like a million bucks. It's uh, cool. it's pretty great. So not offline because your internet was broken at your new place. No, <laughs> surprisingly <laughs> not. This time it was on purpose. No, I went uh, I went camping with the family to um, this place that was like there's no cell reception. And so like once a day you'd get like half a bar and like all the <laughs> messages would come through and that's kind of all you'd get. Um, so yeah, I've kind of forced, uh, you know, internet uh, rest period. So it was good. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I've actually, I think I just got off a, or not got off like a call, but <laughs> it kind of feels that way sometimes when you're listening to a podcast, but mm. th uh, there, there was one where someone was talking about like just learning to use your existing tools better. And one of the people's talking about Slack and he's like, yeah, there's, and I don't know if these are features. I haven't checked them out myself, but he said something along the lines of like, setting it so like notifications only pop like once an hour or something something mm. like that but when you yep. said that it made me think of that of like oh there's the bar and then they're all flooding through but it also kind of keeps you you know what is the frequency that people need to be checking or how are you managing yeah. those right like yes so well there's definitely a lot of busyness i think that happens with like emails coming in and stuff like that and part of that's like necessary right like um, i've got clients that they need to be responded to fairly quickly but i think a lot of it can be kind of you know stuff that don't doesn't actually matter that you know you could have some more uninterrupted working time that would actually be good for your brain yeah no i i, I agree it's yeah it's it's helpful to focus that and something i just thought of too and i don't i don't know how much this plays into it for me but like uh, I don't know if we've talked about equipment setups before much, but mm. I have three monitors. Yep. Um, most people think that's overkill, but mm. it actually has functional use for me where the center monitor is my main like working monitor. Yep. And my, my left side has like my main browser that also has like email tabs and stuff like that. Mm. But Slack is all the way on the right mm. <laughs> on the other side. Yep. So it's yep. also like anytime something pops, I don't have, like, it's not, doesn't distract from my main working view. And I right. sort of like, it's almost a physical change of, am I in this like hyper communication mode with Slack over on the right? Um, yeah. Or am I in this like slow roll communication mode on this like left hand of, uh, of, of email? Um, and then, in, or am I, or am I just like deep working in the center? So I don't know, yeah. something I, yeah. Don't think it was like could be a, by design necessarily, yeah. but it has evolved that way. I feel like we could probably do a whole episode on productivity hacks that we we have adopted. <laughs> True, but uh, but how are you doing? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. It's um, I don't remember last. I, I know it's it's hard to remember because now we do these every two weeks, mm. and I. I don't want to repeat myself. Be like, I just got back from vacation and stuff like that. So it's like <laughs> that's still sort of evident in my brain, but, um, I'm doing well, been chomping along, you know, um, for the past couple of weeks since we last yep. talked and just living uh, life and getting things done. Yeah. Working really well with my team. I got a lot, not all, not all of our team is back on full force. I, I think I okay. told you we've, we've had a couple people out on maternity leave mm -hmm. and how, how impactful it is for a smaller company. And you mm -hmm. basically are just like, 
have to wait or on things not getting done or someone else's time gets borrowed to fill those in, then whatever they're also working on isn't getting done. So you basically Mm -hmm. have to slow down. And when you're not backed with VC growth pressure or anything like (laughs) that, or, or financial pressure to just like make ends meet, you can do that. You know, you know, I'm sure you know it, like after taking a week off, you're like, yeah, I know at the end of the month, it's going to take a hit, (laughs) but it almost makes it feel much more expensive. But in reality, (laughs) you're also like, I still need to do this, but I have a choice. Yes. Yeah, totally. Well, and it's like you kind of figure out what matters and what doesn't too, right? I think it's actually, I I find it very helpful when people go away because you you really learn to, you know, rely on others and, and not just that one person. Or for yourself not to feel like you're the the linchpin in everything. Maybe you are in your company, but I know for me, with most of the things that I do, um, it's like you don't want to be a linchpin. You want to be able to to share that that burden, right? Yeah, I don't think I'm I'm the linchpin, which is good. I am the connector, if that makes yep. sense, and like aligner. Um, mm. And uh, but from the day to day perspective how I built it up is all of those things are moving on a day-to-day perspective without me. Yeah. So um, where it does hurt is like, you know, if we're not making the decisions that are flowing in the right direction that are going to sure. dictate where we are in three months or two months or one month, that's me. Right. But the day-to-day yeah. is not necessarily. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear. Nice to have some productive time and, you know, get some, get some things moving. That's cool. good. I was, before um, we, we yep. before we jump into the topic, one little thing. My um, my daughter uh, had did did a little bit of a dog sitting for a for a mm-hmm. neighbor slash like also a, a classmate. Uh, anyway, so serendipitously, or oddly enough, so I don't know who it is. I don't know if they're listening, mm. <laughs> but apparently. Uh, the person that owns the dog mentioned to my daughter, like, oh, I've listened to your dad's podcast. Or, oh, I love your dad's podcast. And I, I asked her, I was like, what did he mean? And uh, he, like, is it the marketing one or is it the, yeah, or yeah. Is it the searching for SaaS one? And she didn't know. Um, yeah. but, um, so I don't know who that, uh, I'm who actually going to meet the person this week. Oh, because so cool. we're doing another stint of the dog uh, watching, but my daughter can't make the first one and I might have to do it and go pick mm. up the keys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, it's interesting. So we'll find out. So I, I'll meet this person. We'll find out then. And if they are, they'll get a shout out right here. So um, yeah, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> that is so yeah. cool. I have, so. I've run across people in my life that have listened to the podcast as well. And it's like, is like certain people you can just tell they just know they're like oh this thing and this thing and this thing and you're like oh it's so cool <laughs> and i tell my parents and they're like what you do a podcast they're like about what? what or they're like then they're like what's a podcast yeah <laughs> That's why. So, there you go anyway cool cool so what do you want to talk about today well i have been doing some thinking which is always dangerous and i've been looking at uh, my testing taxi stuff and i've been kind of realizing that Um, I think like my value proposition with testing taxi doesn't really align. Like the way I've been saying it doesn't necessarily align with how 
uh, testers think about testing or how they buy testing products right now. And so I'm concerned that I'm going in the wrong direction in my uh, messaging. Um, And I wonder if I have to do some tweaks to that and some possibly some product um, visualization changes just to kind of make that connection better. And I'm kind of hoping maybe you can be an outside person that has some thoughts of, you know, well, maybe that would be a good idea. No, that's just too much work. You're just trying to, you know, do more coding, um, that sort of thing. Uh, as is actually impeccable timing, honestly, okay. because we're just doing our own internal bit of like, uh, reviewing value propositions for okay. our, our race. So, um, I will send you a YouTube video that I was actually on the, the original call. It's one of those like, Hey, someone did a, a webinar, but it also got recorded. And, um, but it's, it's super interesting and compelling. And I think you could kind of fit what you're tr- potentially trying to do into this mm. framework. So okay. um, I'll send you that, but I'll get to the sort of, I'll just broadly talk about it a bit. So um you know, it is one of these like Mad Lib types of things. Like, hey, put in this box, put in this box. Mm-hmm. What the what the uh, presentation did a really nice job explaining was sort of like, okay, great. Where do you where do you start, right? Because it's like you could put your foot anywhere to start, and he kind of explains all the different boxes and what uh, and and the boxes are for like the the value prop. Actually, let, mm. let me pull it up so I don't. Uh, totally butcher it uh <laughs> yeah and we'll link to the uh the video in the show notes so if you're uh, yeah, listening right now you can uh follow along if you like yes and uh here it is so the ending state of a value prop part was is like he had a bunch there was it was actually like a a whole bunch of different ones like audience and pieces like that but he focused on these four core boxes which were um context uh and um i'll say that there's context problem capability feature and benefit and it's described as the context is like what the person is doing today okay so like Um, what what is their current buying scenario or like what other tools they use like is that kind of what it's going for so i have this example up in front of me and it's using slack as an example and that the the they said uh, the context is this for this for Slack is my team communicates mainly through email. So it's just like oh, okay. setting the context, kind of like what's mm. potentially going on in their lives, like, you know, yeah. uh, type of thing. Um, what's like, what's the old alternative kind of? Uh, possibly, or it's just like, it could be like, I'm coming in here for a pain point to solve. Mm. Not necessarily, it's not necessarily getting into alternatives and, and that piece, but just if you think about this, so the way they're doing it, they're also doing it at a feature level. So you mm. might have three key features, like three mm. key value props that you provide. Um, but we're just talking about like identifying them and how to explain one straight through. So almost okay. the way we're thinking about it for Rock is like you're on the web page. There's the main like here's what we kind of do like at a very high level, but then there's like three main areas that we're trying to say like this is what we do and this is how we solve it. Mm-hmm. And each one of these like is filling in these sets of blocks of context, problem, capability, feature, and benefit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, so with context, like I said, it's and, and this is all locked into one feature. For their, for example, for the Slack example, the feature they're talking about is channels. Okay. Right, because you could say Slack has a bunch of other features, like oh, it sure, can be yeah, yeah. on all the platforms. It could be like on mobile, on this, on that, and that type of thing. But they're just talking about channels, right? Mm. So if I, uh, so there's lots of the, the hard part with any of these is like you kind of think about like where am I going to stick my foot to start? So then, <laughs> mm -hmm. and then work my way to the other blocks from there to just make sure I'm not bleeding into other areas. If that makes right. sense, right? And that's why I was asking about the context being like a pain point or something like that, because it's like, or like an old alternative, because it's like what, like you have to, you have to counter position to something. Um, and like, I think that's like, you got to pick one of those things to be your thing, maybe two right. or three to kind of like the, the two and number three can kind of bolster. Right. I, that's why I was saying is I think yeah. it's more pain points than necessarily what are they, it could be sure. what they're doing today could be a pain point, right? Like, yeah. so you're yeah. right. Cool. Um, but the way we're thinking about these for us is like, there are, there's the main, like, here's what we do very simple, but then it's like, okay, here are the, the three key pain points we're solving for. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or, or, or like, yeah. Um, so context, that was that one. So what they're doing today problem is why that sucks. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So for this example, again, with Slack, it was my team communicates mainly through email and the problem is. And it takes me forever to find what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then the next step is capability. Um, and the the nickname for that one is the unlock. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and then so I'll just go through the next and then I'll read the whole thing. And then the, okay. the next one is feature, which is what makes the unlock possible. Sure. Yeah. What do you call that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the last one is benefit, uh, which it's funny is we all get told, mm. like, start with benefits and stuff like mm. that. But anyway, the benefit is the outcome of the unlock. Um, mm. Yeah. What was really so, interesting about that one, they, he went into a deep dive on benefits. He also mm. went to a deep dive on, he went to deep dive on all these sections. But the benefit, the thing I took away from the deep dive on the benefit was it has to be like provable. Like it's not three derivations yeah. later, like, oh, because this, then you might get this and then you might get that and boom, you're like making lots more money now, right? You know, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's sort of, so even for something like, you know, referral rock, it could just be like, hey, you can actually, like the benefit might be being able to track the stuff that you couldn't track before. Right. And that's like, hands Provable. down, you're gonna be able to do that. like. Yeah. Yep. Even if you put up uh, a referral program and no one clicks on it, zero is tracking and that you got zero. <laughs> we yeah. didn't say you well, got referrals, right? So, yeah. And I think all of this stuff, like with this Mad Lib thing, like it's got to be able to fit into like one or two sentences, right? Because if you need to communicate this in your marketing, like you can't spend a, a paragraph writing about this stuff. It, like you could, but like it's it's got to be provable or at least in a sense provable with like one or two sentences, right? Yes, he tries to get you to like this whole thing ends up being one sentence. Right. And then what's interesting is there's he also shows from that then how do you get to copy? Like so right. on a on a page he actually shows like okay, now you put this section here and this section in the title and this and now mm -hmm. like read yeah. it all together now. So it's almost like this two-step process yeah, yeah, which yeah. was super interesting. Um 
And then last thing I wanted to go over, that was the epiphany for me about the benefit, but the, the other one for the, the feature, which was he considered other things as features, not just technical features. He actually had this nice chart, like, like channels is a technical feature, right? right. But like great customer service is like a user experience feature. So that's still right. like, depending on your market could be a huge advantage for you. Right. So, right. And so that could even fall into like some of the UI improvements. Like if you had a way better UI than someone else or like way better onboarding, like that could right. fall into that sort of category. Right. Right. And then it tracks back to you thinking about, is this really important to this audience or is this something I am indefensibly better like than other right. people? So that's like where, how you select those three key value props is like, what do I want to stand out on? Right. And that's where you have that context element too, right? Because it's like you have to position against something. So if everybody else has good customer service, that's not really a counter position. That's just, you know, meeting the bar. Eh, maybe. I don't know. I don't like to me, I'm trying to really decouple away from positioning on it. It's just more of like, I think it makes sense. I think I see where you're coming from because positioning is going to help you know who you're selling to and and it's really the culmination to me of like who you're selling to and what makes you better than yeah whoever well, they're like, out, out shopping against right or the alternative it could be doing it yourself it could be whatever else right so. right but i guess like you could do this for all all of the things without thinking about positioning you could do your context and content and all that stuff your benefits but I guess the only ones that actually matter in terms of like moving the needle are the ones that are counter-positioned, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, for you to try to stand yeah. out, right? Like, like why pick That's me? Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's really cool because I think what's happened, like, did you have more on that, uh, on that topic? Uh, I just wanted to read of, the sentence kind of that they had just to give an example for everyone. Mm -hmm. So... So this one has, and I'll go through the, 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 the five bits. So it starts out with, again, what they're doing, why it sucks, the unlock, what makes the unlock possible, and the outcome of the unlock. And all strung together, this is that Slack example that says, my team communicates mainly through email, and it takes me forever to find what I'm looking for. Now you, ha now you can have a dedicated thread for each conversation using public and private channels so that it's easier to keep track of what's going on. So that's sort of like the stitched thing together. Mm. Uh, gotcha. Huh. Interesting. That's really cool. I, I always like how they put these, um, they use like big tech companies as examples for these types of things, because it, it's, it's this like tricky thing where it's like, a, it's a really helpful way that everybody gets. Like, yeah. oh, that's the context right away. This. You get the context. <laughs> right. But it's also this tricky thing where you're like, yeah, that worked for them. Sure. That's great. But like, what about my situation? How do I know if like, this is going to work for like, you know, if I fill out this formula, will it actually like, you know, give me something good? But maybe right. that's just cynical me. I probably just need to go and do it. The interesting thing about this one, what I do like is they do, this is one of the examples when they go mm -hmm. through the examples of like features, they're not just using Slack. They actually take a wide variety of other other known yeah. companies, but at least yeah. you can kind of be like, that one's kind of more like me, or that one I know is not like me because it's very, yeah. you know, consumer facing or product led or whatever else, you know, type of yeah. thing. So. Yeah. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so I think I think what I've done with testing taxis, I've kind of jumped. So like 
I started out being like, hey, what's the problem? And the problem is that people are writing tons of tests and they don't have time to do it and they're bored doing it and do a bad job sometimes. So they had like that, that collection of problems and like, well, I'll just, you know, automate all of that. And so like, I just kind of jumped over, like, how are they doing it today? And like, right. what is the middle part of that, right? Like, how do you get from A to B? And so I built something that I've been describing as, um, you know, we will uh, automatically detect functionality and test for changes in your app. And I think that that really misses how testers talk about testing or how they talk about how they buy tools today. And mm -hmm. so I'm worried that I'm going to be talking past them with this. Mm -hmm. They're going to be like, oh, you have some magic thing. Great. We've heard magic things before. They don't really work. So see ya. Um, right. And I feel like everyone's got a tool in their own space that they've seen like this. Um, so kind of what I was thinking is I wonder if I want to be reorientating how I'm talking about things around the, the unit of a test. So like testing taxi will generate automatically generate a test suite for you and will run those tests against your application and suggest changes um, based on you know anomalies we detect or whatever and so it becomes this like we manage a bulk of tests for you automatically mm -hmm. and you have control it's still the same test running sort of system that you're used to but it's just, you know, it's in this box over here and we manage it all for you. And I'm wondering if like that direction makes sense or if I'm just, you know, and making this more complicated than it needs to be. Um, I think it makes sense. I like it. I don't want to, you know, I, I see where you're coming from in terms of previously you were thinking you were selling to the manual tester doing all the stuff but you're now you what you're saying i believe is they they may not believe it replaces what they do they have high confidence in the things that they're doing this other thing <laughs> seems interesting but over promising yeah i've seen this show before like probably mm -hmm. like who knows like um i'm perfectly comfortable doing my thing and maybe my boss cares about like test coverage, but I know I have coverage. Like it's not, yeah, yeah. Like, you're talking to me, right? I'm the king tester. Like I, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, I got yeah. my system down. Actually, I don't want you to replace my job actually, you know, right. Yeah. Type of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even if I did believe it, like, no, don't replace my job. Yeah, totally. Um, so I do get it. I like the, and like, instead of this or that it is mm -hmm. your like manual testing and also automated coverage, right? It's sort of like, think about the security scanners and those other things. It doesn't take away from the thing. It, if anything, gives you a heads up and gives you like early notification and maybe adds a layer of confidence to things I might not be looking at or I haven't prioritized in a very specific workflow. Like, so maybe it yeah. also takes away the pressure from you of having to be like a hundred percent. And it's more of like, Hey, I'm here to like, more like a security thing to you add this as a layer to your security stack of like 50 other things. It can give you some nods and some hints and some other things. It runs in the background. It does these things. There could be false positives. There might be like whatever else, or it may just help mm -hmm. identify areas of like less coverage or things people yep. forgot that you always thought were handled before. 
Yeah, I think that's exactly it. like it's an addition to their existing thing. And I think like part of the the shift from talking about it as like replacing a manual tester towards more of like an automated test uh, layout is that and whenever someone talks about a machine doing testing, they always want to see what were the test suites, you know, how was it run, all of that stuff. And I was, I am already giving that, like, I already have all that stuff there. I just have to, like, I just need to talk about it differently, I think, because if I say this is a manual tester, they're going to be like, yeah, no, it's not. It's not a human. It can't think right. like this. Right. And that's not helpful. Whereas if we can say, hey, remember you had to spend like 10 hours in Selenium testing like two forms and like this thing will do your whole app and it will scan it in like an hour. They're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like that's a level up. It's mm -hmm. a smart you know, automated tester kind of thing. Yeah, no, I, I, I like it. I also like the idea almost in this kind of gets past, probably past relevance for this conversation, but little mini brain fart, but it's like, mm -hmm. I don't know how you're billing for it. I don't know how you're doing, but it could also be, this is also where it could align with a pricing strategy because it could be, hey, I'm not guaranteeing a hundred percent, but I can tell you like how many nodes I will hit and how many nodes deep and things like that. Mm -hmm. So sort of like someone might like, I want to start it on this folder and only focus on nodes that stay within this lane so that, so that you could price it by areas of coverage. So it's like, instead of you being like, I need to, Oh, this guy had their app is massive. How do I price it differently? But it also can be, so then, so then someone could target specific nodes or with certain constraints to help themselves from a pricing perspective and you to kind of be more tightly coupled in an area. Yeah. And I was even thinking related to that too, like to, um, that could also help me have a free trial or a free tier with the, um, you know, restricted to like one or two pages or something like that. And, and it's like a partial test and you can see what tests are generated as opposed to just being like, oh, this thing just tests it and like wait for changes to be able to tell, see the value. Like, I think it presents the value better, um, this way of like showing the user the tests um, and allowing them to like inspect those tests and that sort of thing. Okay, cool. So I guess the difficulty is though, like this is more coding. Um, so, you know. <laughs> but I, but I think this is a good break. Like, like, like before you get into this Zoom, because I, I see how you're already Zooming in and, and going like, ooh, coding. <laughs> <laughs> um, what... You know, because what we what we it seems like we've identified if we uh, two different problems, right? So like, like the first problem you said you were trying to solve was, hey, I'm going to create these tests for the manual tester, right? Like mm, yeah. that was that was your first or don't exactly remember how you phrased it at the earlier part of the episode, but I think it was somewhere something around that. And this second mm. secondary like alternative problem now you're like I need to restate the problem. And the problem more yep. is like, you need, you know, you, you also want some additional coverage, but so it's, it's more of this and, or it's not like not replacing you writing tests. It's actually just saying like, Hey, I can rate all these lame tests for you <laughs> or something or I can yeah. help uh, adjunct your, your thing with these, with these other areas. And just like, you know, where do you, where do you want to just have like, I would say more general coverage versus like the really high value stuff. Maybe you still want to do yourself and will always be more assured of your own testing, but this right. other general block of area we can do for you. 
Right. And that's really what the, the value prop I think is becoming is that, that general level testing. It's like, no, one's going to spend the time writing all of these automated tests to test, you know, your UI, your simple forms, like stuff that's like kind of tangential to your main apps focus. Mm -hmm. Um, and then with this, this way of doing it, it's like, well, we can provide that level of coverage and it'll be a lot cheaper than you having to, you know, forever, like refactor your tests and like actually write them in the first place. And I think it fits nicely into the way people think about it. Um, and what's actually kind of neat is, um, I think we talked a couple of weeks back that I was doing this whole LinkedIn kind of, uh, rush, you know, trying to get into the, the testing group and all of that. And I think this has really kind of come out of talking with those testers and like seeing how they respond to different things. Um, and so it's kind of neat to like, you know, first I had to like create something. So I felt like I had something to talk about sure. and then now it's like, so then I go and talk about it and then it's like, oh, okay. Like maybe I missed the mark here a little bit, but I'm not even trying to sell it yet or even pushing it. Um, and so it's kind of, it's kind of neat to see that cycle. And I wonder if, I wonder if that needs to be like a continuous cycle for me where it's like, you know, kind of work on something for a bit, then go kind of out there, then kind of come back and take some feedback and that sort of thing. Yeah, I think that's that's really good. I would what I would do is from you from this standpoint before you do any more coding work on it <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> is is go through this exercise that we talked about. But I would also suggest for you to like try to do it and give yourself like three different variants of problems because I I know you're right now you are locked into the feature like you can do X for the most part, you know, what your service has a differentiated advantage on, you know, mm -hmm. what it's doing. And then, and if you watch that, that video, it actually, I will caution you to watch it once and then go through each section in the order he does them. Okay. Um, I don't know if it was intentionally done that way, but it helped me to kind of think of that. Cause it's, I think it started with like the feature first it's like it went feature kind of capability benefit problem it like went not in the order that you say it hmm. um, and then he explains each one in that way so i would i would say do that exercise but also do it like give yourself like three versions so because you're gonna naturally come up with like oh the wait i could state the benefit this way or this way yeah. or this way but like lock yourself in to be like, I want to create three best versions that are distinctly like different. So it's like, oh, this is really the same words. Don't get tied up in the actual words you're using more on the concepts and the points you're making, uh, but try mm -hmm. to make three versions. And then okay. I would test those with people, like just mm -hmm. the same way you were testing with sales with, with like kind of yeah. sales and customer research is like, okay, great. Like, even if it, if it ends up being like, Hey, I'm going to put this on a page. He shows a page template. You'd like, I could just do a little page header that shows these ways and do, yep. do all three. And then, you know, keep, create them into like a copywriting version of those mm -hmm. and like show them to those people and be like, is this, is this it? What do you, what do you think of this? What do you think of yeah. that? Does that, which one of these resonate with you? Um, and again, yeah. before you build anything, cause then it kind of gives you, I don't want you to do, you know, you tried one yeah, and yeah. now you're doing another. And just to see if you can't make this sell, like, yeah, and if no it's point. not one of those three, 
start again, try another set of three. But if you end up doing yeah. it 10 times and it doesn't resonate with anyone, like it's probably going to save you a lot more time. That's, that's a really good point. Um, cause I think kind of what I, know I you had, love to build, I do love to build, <laughs> but I think like kind of where I've, where I've come, um, like even to come to this point with the like changing of, of the problem statement, I think a lot of it is like, I've been, I was active in the community enough to feel like I could hear their voices in my head when I was writing stuff or saying things. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a really useful way um, to be able to kind of have intuition as to which way to go. And then, right. um, yeah, I guess the selling part, I, I find that tricky. Like I can do, um, I could just keep being active and change my current landing page to reflect this new way of doing things and just see how well it converts, like how many people sign up for my, my wait list or anything like that. Um, yeah, okay. That's kind of neat. I mean, you could do that. I would actually get like, reach out to some people and say like, mm -hmm. hey, you mind if I borrow, like, just want your honest opinion, not trying to sell you anything, getting yeah. it live and not getting, not just taking it as a, because I think the point is, if you do this, you should probably try to test it relatively quickly, but with, with high confidence that you're, you know, getting real people. Cause otherwise if you're like, I'm just judging by the conversion rate percentage, I mean, yeah. that can change and you won't have enough like uh volume to justify any significance, but you really want to hear it from them. Like actually, how are they reacting? Right. Like, um, mm -hmm. yeah. And I do have actually a call next week with someone that's pretty high up in the community, especially around automation. So, um, that'd be a good person to kind of bounce that off of. I wouldn't necessarily, yeah, I don't know if you necessarily need to show them all three, but it's probably like, you might pick one or two no. and be like, yeah. yeah, just pick one, your favorite and be like, I really want this. Let me see if this can land and just be like, <laughs> Hey, after the, I, by the way, can you give this a read? Like, let me know what you think. Yeah. Like, no no yeah. pressure, but this is like, I'm trying to, I'm tinkering with how I'm conveying this. Does that mm -hmm. like hit for you? And, you know, feel free to sh shred it, tear it to pieces. Like, let me yeah. know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. And actually what's kind of neat that I've been doing in the background too, which, which helps this is um, I've been trying to connect one-on-one -on -one with a number of people in the testing community as well. And so mm -hmm. now I do have people that I could reach out to with this sort of thing and it wouldn't be out of the blue, like a cold email. Um, right. And like some of these people have even offered, like, they'd be like, oh yeah, for sure. I'd love to help out with this sort of thing. Um, yeah. So like that's, I think I, I'm just noting things that, um, I haven't done in the past that seem to be really helping uh, on mm -hmm. this time around um, that aren't always obvious. Um, I think there's a lot of like tiny little things um, that you just don't think about. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, and half of this, I, I wouldn't change your order of operations at all. Like how you got here. It's sort of just mm. yeah. how you got here is how you got here. Like any of that other stuff you For might sure. not even know. You couldn't, I don't think you, most people could do this first without deeper knowledge of the space of either, you know. Sure. Uh, but even but started out but, with that kind of existential question for you is like, see, I'd love to solve this. No one else yeah. is solving this. Why isn't anyone else solving this? But you know what? I'm interested in solving it. And it started yeah, there. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. There's definitely everyone has their own path. But I think just like being uh, connected with people in the community is something that I've kind of undervalued in the past. And I think that that might be more broadly applicable. Um, just from hearing different founders talk about, like, I forget, someone was saying they like, I have to be 
calling somebody at least once a week or once a day or something like that. Um, you know, maybe that's a little much, but that idea, right. Of just being out there. Yes. Yes. Getting these reps, getting these like, you know, calls in or just, you know, whether it was Arvid stuff, like embedding in a community, right. Like that was mm -hmm. his thing. Um, you know, other people that we know have done this, what do they call it? Something safari. Yeah. Sales uh, safari. I think that's a sales safari. Like safari. all of these kind of are just ways to do those or like yeah. forcing functions into some of those pieces. Um, yeah, totally. But yeah, cool. Cool, man. Cool. Cool. Did you yeah, have anything else? Very to serendipitous add? question. <laughs> <laughs> At least I hope it was helpful. Uh, I think that, I think that's a good next yeah. step for you to kind of, um, thing, but anyway. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, and I want to give one update before we uh, sign yeah. off here. Um, so remember a while back I was working on status lists and I was doing mm -hmm. all this marketing stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think I spent three or four weeks writing for two hours a day. And I am now at 700 hits uh, or clicks per 28 days. Um, nice. And my the trend just keeps going upwards. It's so cool. Like, <laughs> I, I am I am so excited. I, I mean, yeah. you know, the SEO and marketing like works and it doesn't, but it just takes a lot longer than you want. And it's a, it's exactly <laughs> like you said, though. It's like gardening and like, I just, I, I didn't really like, I believed it in some sense, but just to actually see it work is just really cool. So next time I have to go writing, I will happily go writing and yeah. maybe I'll complain while I'm writing, but you know, um, <laughs> it's really neat. Cool. Has it resulted in, you know, uptick and signups and other stuff? Yeah, it has actually. Um, so the conversion rate's not amazing, but like the, it is resulting in more signups, um, which is really neat. Um, so more, more paid accounts too. So you can afford more than a dinner a month on it. Yeah, actually it has. Um, and it's hard to tell, like, I don't have perfect tracking on it to know, you know, exactly how someone came through or whatever. Um, sure. And like the numbers are, I think you have to get some pretty big numbers before the conversion rates really start to become apparent. Um, and then, you know, there's also just the uptime monitoring space is very competitive and all of that. So I think it's just a difficult thing to really go for, but yeah, it is growing. And um, yeah, thanks for pushing me on the marketing stuff. Cause that sure uh, was a good lesson for me. Sweet, sweet, man. Cool. All right. Well, I think that's it for today. We'll see you next time, Josh. Take care. All right. right. Thanks, Nate. Later, Nate. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you want to chat with us, we're on Twitter. I'm at Nate Bosher and Josh is at JLogic. If you're a new listener, uh, check out some of our most popular episodes. Episode 52, Seven Years to 22 MRR and Zombie Startups. Or episode 30, review sites are a necessary evil and hacks to get around them. Thanks again.